News Talk 580 CFRA presents the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchaferro. And we are ready to go and welcome to the show. It's uh, seven minutes after seven o'clock yet. We are here, Employment Law Show. Alex is in the uh, the hot seat tonight and we got a bunch of stuff to get through. Um, how much we get through depends on you and your questions tonight. We might talk about some common uh, workplace scenarios and uh, the week that was is coming up very shortly, but I'll tell you right off the hop here, other shows we've been doing here on CFRA. For the last uh, week and a half, almost two weeks, it has been hyper-focused on COVID-19 and how it affects your job as either an employee or an employer. And there's new uh, there's new programs and, and news coming out from the federal government uh, seemingly every day. So, man, it is... Uh, it's a confusing time to be uh, to be around for sure, especially if you're one of those people that's lost their job. You're not sure whether you go for the CERB benefit or if you go for EI. We know you got questions. We know you're confused, and that is why Alex is here for the uh, the entire hour. So if you have questions about COVID-19 and how it's affecting your job, that is our top priority tonight. Feel free to call through. Don't hesitate to call through. 613-521-TALK. The lines are open, and it's a heavy topic, and I know, but don't uh, don't be bashful. Bring it on, and no question is a uh, is a bad question. In that regard, my friend, uh, week that was. Uh, how you doing, pal? Hey, Johnny, man, oh man, what a busy uh, busy week, busy busy couple of weeks it's been. Lots of people. Yeah, what a year this week has been. Eh? Calling in, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, and contacting us, and emailing, and using the pocket employment lawyer, which I'm sure we'll get to uh, later on in the show, and. You know, it's it's tough, John. It's actually been quite kind of heartbreaking sometimes. I think it's fair to say whether you're a business owner, whether you're an employee, lots of people are scared. Lots of people are looking for help. They have questions. Uh, they've been laid off from their jobs, whether that's temporarily or permanently. Uh, they've had their pay reduced. They have questions about severance. You know, they're wondering how they're going to pay their bills, whether they qualify for employment insurance, you name it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all yeah. employment law related. Obviously, very difficult situation, difficult situation for everyone, including including us. But, you know, I, I have to say, John, I'm, I'm actually really, really proud of uh, our firm here, Lior, the entire team. We're constantly speaking to people, constantly answering questions, trying to help as many people as possible. And the one real message that we're trying to get out here, and even just as a conversation starter, as a starting point, mm-hmm. uh, is that you know when it comes to uh, employment law, despite the situation, despite the uh, you know the economic difficulties, the social din- distancing, you know, et cetera, the rules when it comes to the workplace, when it comes to employment law, they haven't changed at all, John. Right. Uh, you know, it might feel like a brave new world out there, but when it comes to your work, when it comes to the workplace, it really shouldn't. Employment law hasn't been suspended. The rules haven't been rewritten. Uh, employers still have these, these same obligations. Employees still have the same rights um, and and responsibilities in the workplace. And you know, generally speaking, and especially for those businesses that are still operating and, and are deemed essential, uh, right. as the government has called them, and that's, to be honest, most businesses uh, that that list was was quite the list it includes almost every every single business out there again the rules remain the rules uh, they haven't changed and so in a situation like this employees need to know what their rights are they need to right. know what options they have in any given situation uh, john and, and listen if there's ever a time that employees and employers need advice need legal advice now's the time i know that sounds you know really convenient coming from an employment lawyer it sounds really self-serving <laughs> but yeah. uh, honestly i i truly mean it and you know to be frank the employees that we speak to on a daily on a daily basis they mean it as well so listen any questions that our listeners uh, have out there if your pay has been changed if you've been temporarily laid off uh 
if they're if your employer is asking you to relocate your workplace, if you're being harassed at work, you know whatever the situation is that you're dealing with uh, at mm-hmm. work, this is your show. You need to call in uh, now. The lines are open, as you said, John. And listen, it's your chance to get that information that you need. It's yeah. a chance to get clarity on your situation. And listen, trust me, you're going to be helping all of the other listeners out there mm-hmm. that are in the exact same situation as the caller, as, as you, and with the exact same question. So listen, don't be shy. Uh, call in and, and let's talk. And, and maybe rather than uh, start with the week that was, uh, John, I see we've got a couple of callers already. So why don't, we, uh, why don't we get started right off the bat? You bet. Again, don't be bashful if you're uh, if you're really hyper focused on COVID nineteen. That's fine. That's the questions we've been answering across the country on other radio stations and other radio shows. People want to know, so so bring it on. In the meantime, you can go to covidrights.ca. That's a website the guys here just put up a short time ago. We'll get to uh, to Calvin off the top. Calvin, thank you for uh, hanging on the line for uh, there for a couple minutes. How are you tonight? Not bad. Um, What's up? I want to ask. Okay, one quick question. Mm-hmm. I know of a self-employed contractor that was involved in a car accident, basically off right now, but still is trying to keep the business afloat, paying mm-hmm. expenses and so on and so forth as a result of this accident, which he's receiving an accident benefit. Technically, because the because her business has been affected and uh, there's helpers that are involved to try mm-hmm. and help her keep the business, would they be? Would would that uh, owner of that business be able to apply for the said benefit from the government under those conditions? Because technically, the expenses are still being paid. It she technically technically is still uh, paying income tax and so on and so forth. But under those circumstances, would they be able to apply or not? Yeah. So it's a, it's a very good question, Calvin. And and I think the good news and the general answer. And listen, we don't. We don't have all of the information here yet. This is something that has just been rolled out. It's only really coming into effect at the beginning of April. And I'm sure as kind of time goes by, we'll get more clarity on these kinds of specific questions. But the good news in your friend's situation is that if you are even self-employed, you will still qualify for what's called the CER. Uh, B, which is the Canada Emergency Response Benefit. Now, your friend would only qualify for that if her income uh, or if his or her income has been affected uh, directly as a result of the current situation, as a result of COVID-19 uh, and and kind of the uh, economic downturn as a result. So that's good news for self-employed people that you may very well qualify. Now, there's some conditions that need to be met. You need to meet some sort of eligi- eligibility requirements, some of which are clear, some of which aren't. So I know, for example, uh, in the year preceding uh, the application, uh, you have to have earned at least $5,000 in income. That hopefully should be a pretty easy easy mark for someone who's self-employed. There are other criteria as well. So I think in the past 14 days, for example, in the four months in or in the four-week period uh, during which you're applying, you have to confirm that you received no income. So it's possible that if your friend is still earning an income, uh, then she may not qualify in a situation like that. It's also possible, Calvin, that if if your friend is still medically unable to work 
I think that's also potentially a problem, right? I think you have to be a kind of able and, and willing to work to also qualify for this benefit. Although, listen, don't take my word for it. I would advise your friend to, fi- to file an application when that process becomes available. And it's not, to be clear. The, the application process will only become available, I think, the first week of April, April 6th, if I'm not mistaken, although I'm happy to be corrected on that. So something she should definitely look into. She does qualify as a self-employed individual, but there might be some other hurdles in the way that she's going to have to deal with. Thank you very much. Thanks, Calvin. Appreciate that. And we'll take a short break here. Uh, Kazelli and Lee, I see you guys standing by. Please do. And for your phone calls as well, whether it's COVID-19 related, whether you're calling for yourself or a friend, bring it on. That's why we're here. A lot of confusion. Let's clear it up. 613-521-TALK. Employment Law Show right here on News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. You know that number, 613-521-TALK. Call with your questions. It's about uh, your job or employment in general or if it has to do with coronavirus, COVID-19, and the way we are all trying to navigate through this uh, never-before-seen uh, event in our in our country for sure it's affecting everybody so so bring on the calls again 613-521-TALK this is where you're gonna get some answers and a little bit of balance get to uh Kazelli. hey Kazelli, it's uh it's been a couple minutes thanks for hanging on how are you uh not too bad yourself good what's uh what's on your mind well um just a couple of stuff uh, in regard to everything i had uh prior before the uh covid19 issue I was working 12, 16-hour days, and then uh, uh, I was I was laid off uh, due to the fact that I was taking care of my wife, and uh, my employment was terminated. And now the COVID-19 happened, and when I tried to apply for the EI, my employer said, well, I only worked 420 hours, which is not true because... I actually did 1,365 hours, and that's 12, 16-hour days, and I never saw my family. And um, prior to that, I applied for EI, and they said, well, your employer said, well, you can't, uh, you, you don't qualify. So I said, okay, well, that's fine, and it went on to an, a different investigation whatsoever, and this now happened. I said, "Well, I got new employment with uh, with a, with an embassy, and uh, the, all, most embassies are closed." And said, "Wait, wait till everything opens, then uh, we can uh, we can we can pick up your 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 employment and whatsoever." So I now applied for that. So I'm not even sure whether. Uh, I looked at Service Canada, uh, my Service Canada, and said, "Well, by August eighth, you're going to get a response." So I'm not really sure, and I have to do mortgage deferrals and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not really sure if I'm going to even get something. Fair enough. And when was your employment terminated, Caselli? Uh, oh, uh, that was uh, we've been fighting since last year, uh, December. So December uh, of 2019. Yeah, it, it it was from there there on and uh, mm-hmm. and whatsoever, and due to the backlog that happened uh, in January, um, 
I only got a late response that said, well, now this is that the fact that I worked 420 hours. Um, so when I put the claim in, I was referred to a, a higher stage for investigation. And after they said, well, no, you've actually done all the work. I said, these are all the text messages from my employer to whatsoever. And the COVID now was coming in. Then I got employment and the embassy told me, well, unfortunately right now, most embassies are closed. So yes, we're going to hire you, but until this passes. So I applied for that. And what am I going to get? Will I get yeah. something or? Well, obviously there's a dispute there. Uh, and I'm, I'm happy to kind of walk you through the basics here. Uh, Excelli. Ultimately, I think that uh, the situation might be a little more complicated and we might need, need to go into the details. So uh, I'm going to encourage you to give us a call. We could talk on air, really get into the nitty-gritty. John will give you the number if I'm done. But here's uh, here's what I make of the situation based on the information you've, you've told me. So with respect to employment insurance, clearly there's a dispute here with respect to the number of hours that you've worked. That, hopefully, should be a pretty easy uh, matter to solve. Employers have to keep records of hours work, and an employee might actually have kept records him or herself. And so we would need some sort of evidence of actually how much you've worked, uh, and that's evidence that's easy, easily attainable, and we can figure that situation out, and that might allow you to qualify for employment insurance. Now, regardless of the employment insurance uh, issue, here's maybe the, the bigger topic and the topic I would want to go into in much more detail uh, when you and I speak. Uh, if you've been terminated... Because uh, without any kind of severance whatsoever. So if they let you go because you had family obligations at home to care for your wife who was ill, number one, undoubtedly you are owed severance in a situation like that. I think that's uh, that should be pretty straightforward and easily uh, attainable. Severance is likely going to be based on your age, your position, and your years of service. So the longer you've been with the company, the more senior your position, uh, and the older you are, the more severance uh, you're going to get. It's probably going to be much, much more uh, than you expect it to be or the company wants to pay for that matter. Here's the other issue that sounds like might be a, a relevant one. And bear with me here. Um, when it comes to an employee having to care for a family member at home uh, and having to perhaps take time off of work or modify their work arrangements, perhaps work from home. And again, we're seeing this with uh, COVID-19 and the closure of some businesses and employees working from home. There, uh, there are family issues that come into play and an employer cannot discriminate against an employee because they have family obligations. That's what we call discrimination uh, on the basis of family status. And so if your employer decided to terminate your employment, even if it was 1% of the reason, uh, Kazeli, because you had to care for your wife who was ill at home, that is potentially discrimination. That's a human rights violation. And not only would you be owed severance in a case like that, you'd potentially be owed damages over and above that severance as well. So like I said, John will give you the com uh, give you the number. I'm glad you called in because this sounds like a uh, like a, a pretty difficult situation that needs to be resolved and you know I look forward to speaking with you or, or, or getting into more detail about the matter uh, privately off the air. 
Kazeli, here is that uh, number to call, please. one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. But for the remainder of the show, you have questions as well. Bring them on. Whether it's normal employment questions or all about uh, coronavirus, COVID-19, that we're all trying to navigate through, that is uh, 613-521-TALK. Don't be bashful. Bring them on. This is where you're going to start to get some uh, some some answers for sure. Mike, thank you so much for uh, for hanging on. You are up next. How are you tonight? Very good. Thank you guys for taking my call. You bet. What's up? Uh, my son is working uh, full-time hours, not a full-time employee, but um, two weekends ago I started having mild cold symptoms, so he was advised to take the week off work last week, mm-hmm. and they asked him to take this week off as well. I'm assuming like that 14-day isolation so um, he's planning on going back next week. It, it hasn't amounted to anything. But should he be looking at applying for EI for those two weeks? That's a good question. So uh, in the event that he, that uh, you'd be able to get a doctor's note that says that he was sick and unable to work, he might qualify for employment insurance sickness benefits. So okay. uh, that would be one potential uh, option. If he was forced to stay home because of you know, COVID-19 and this situation, and it certainly sounds like it, at least as a precautionary measure, his employer asked him to stay home. Again, he may very well qualify for uh, the uh, new benefit that's come uh, into play, the CERB, which is uh, which is the emergency benefit that's coming into play in a situation like this, the emergency response benefit, uh, as they're calling it. Now, as I mentioned at the top of the show, that benefit is only coming into play um Effective, I think April sixth is when the applications okay. are going to be rolling out, and I. But I do think it will be retroactive, meaning if this happened earlier in March, uh, then uh, again your son may very well be able to apply in that respect uh, as well. So options to explore. Uh, a couple of other options that we've seen, Mike, with respect to other employees is, you know, perhaps using vacation pay might be a solution. It's not a solution that, that you know, your son absolutely has to agree to, but it's, it is a solution that might solve the problem of that lack of, uh, of income. Um, other than that, uh, you know, some employees have to simply accept that time off as a sick leave. And it's important to note in the regular course of things that, that sick leaves are oftentimes unpaid. An employer isn't necessarily obligated to have to pay an employee while they're right. on a medical leave of absence. And so, you know, if push comes to shove and that was the situation, then, then uh, you know, your son might be uh, without any luck, but certainly options and avenues uh, to explore. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Uh, I think the, the employer's been pretty good, and so has he. You know, he didn't want to go there if he's sick and... They want him to stay away, so I'm hoping maybe, you know, something can work out for the two weeks. But yeah, uh, yeah, yeah no, that's that's help. the right call for sure. And and listen, communication is is key, and, and problem solving is key. So, uh, you know, your son should be reaching out and having conversations, and hopefully, uh, hopefully, they can work something out. Thanks, Mike. Appreciate the call. You need to reach out further. I'll give you the number as well. And uh, stay safe, my brother. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Is that number? Uh, anytime you want to follow up with Alex or Lior, member of the team, it is help at employmentlawyer.ca. We did mention off the top pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That is a wonderful website to be used for all things under the umbrella of employment law. It's been around for some time now, and people are going crazy over it for this information. It's like having a lawyer with you at all times, absolutely free and uh, anonymous if you so choose. If you want to reach out, there's a contact button at the top right of the website. And as I mentioned earlier as well, for the next uh, little while, I would imagine a couple months anyway, COVID 
covidrights.ca is another website you can go to covidrights.ca we'll take a short break here lots more is on the way again your phone calls about coronavirus covid19 as it uh, affects you or someone you know possibly an employer or an employee i know it's confusing that's why you make that phone call do yourself a favor no dumb questions as we continue here employment law show news talk 580 cfra Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. We are back indeed, 613-521-TALK. Again, 613-521-8255. That is the number to call through if you have questions about COVID-19 in your workplace. There is ever-changing information coming out uh, pretty much daily by the uh, the federal government uh, at any rate, provincial as well. But uh, you want to give us a call, 613-521-TALK. In that regard, we'll get to, uh, to Wendy. Wendy, thank you for hanging on for a couple minutes there through the break. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's uh, What's on your mind? Uh, so my question would be, uh, Doug Ford recently uh, suggested that anybody who is immunocompromised um, should be self-isolating um, for their own good, obviously. Um, I was just wondering, as an employee, would that, would they be a... Um yep. Still there, Wendy? Yeah. Okay, go. We, uh, you, you, kind of, you kind of dropped out there for a bit. What were you, uh, you going to ask? Say it again. You eligible for EI? Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. So this, so Doug Ford has suggested that anyone that, who is immunocompromised should be self-isolating. So right. as an employee uh, currently working, not myself, but I'm I'm asking for someone else. Um, would that person be eligible for for EI? That's a great question, uh, Wendy, and I'm and I'm glad that uh, that you called in and asked. Uh, so I don't think that person would necessarily be entitled to employment insurance. Employment insurance is generally reserved for employees who have either been temporarily laid off, um, or who have been terminated from their employment and and are looking for work and can't find other work. However, so I don't think employment insurance applies. However, okay. um, with with the uh, application and and with the government rolling out this new. Um, Canada Emergency Response Benefit, uh, mm-hmm. your friend would certainly qualify if they were required to self-isolate uh, because of COVID-19, uh, then they would certainly qualify under that benefit. And it's effectively the same benefit. So you would get uh, a similar, if not almost identical amount that you would otherwise get under employment insurance, and you get it for a period of four months. So not necessarily mm-hmm. as long as someone would get employment insurance. Employment insurance typically lasts as long as 50 weeks or almost one year, Uh, but they would qualify for a certain period of time, and hopefully that is enough time to kind of of hold them over, Uh, hopefully Mm. allow this all to pass and all all of us to move on, and and then your your friend could get back to to work. Okay, and you you had sort of mentioned that that would be coming out April... I think you said. Yes, that is my understanding. So my understanding, it, it's there is some basic information as far as who can apply and who the situation or, or, or what the, who the benefit applies to online, and you could certainly look that up. But uh, I don't believe, and again, I'm, I'm happily to, happy to be corrected here, but as the last time I checked, the application process for this benefit is only scheduled to begin, I believe it's April 6th. And okay. so, you know, I think the government has said they want money flowing as quickly as possible. 
available, but you know uh, everyone's kind of waiting for April sixth to begin that applica- application, and who knows who knows how long it might take thereafter. But uh, certainly something your your friend should be looking into. I do believe that she would qualify given her specific situation, and again, hopefully that holds her over until she could go back to work. Okay, that's terrific. Thank you so much. Pleasure, Wendy. Wendy, appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the rest of your evening, and, and please stay safe. Again, 613-521-TALK. Questions like that is what we are focused on. All employment law questions, but those are really important over the last couple of weeks for sure. Moving on down the line to Travis. Travis, thanks for uh, standing by. How are you tonight? Good. How are you? Good, brother. What's, uh, what's on your mind? So um, I am in a little bit of a situation. Um, I'm an executive manager. Um, and the, um, my employment, um, my employer has been deemed an essential service. Um, so my question is, um, I have two senior citizens that I, I live with. One is a, um, cancer survivor and has a heart condition. My wife also has crippling anxiety. Um, so I, we, I, I came down with the flu uh, two weeks ago, and I called in sick, um, and they offered me the layo- a layoff for several weeks, months, or, or whatever. And, and I said, you know, we'll just self-isolate, and 24 hours after my symptoms are, are, are gone, I'll come back to work. I came back to work, and when I came back, uh, they offered me the, uh, another layoff again. They said, you know, if you want to take the layoff, well, that's an option. So I went home and spoke to my wife um, and my in-laws, and we made a, a, a decision all together that I would accept the layoff. So then I applied for the layoff, formally requesting the layoff via email, and all these conversations were um, over the phone or in person. There's no paper tra- trail. Um, so when I applied, they refused my layoff and said my only other option would be to take a personal leave of absence. Um, so in the meantime, uh, this was uh, Monday, uh, I spoke with a doctor this morning, my physician, to see if there's any way that he could write me off uh, medically, and he said, because it's not me directly uh, who's in danger, he couldn't do that. Um, spoke with the Human Resource Department, and there's nothing they can do, apparently. Um, so my two questions are, one, is it uh, legal for them to force me to work? And two, if I do take the... Uh, or is it legal that they denied my layoff? And two, uh, if I do take the personal leave of absence, uh, normally you wouldn't qualify for benefits uh, through unemployment insurance. Uh, seeing that the situation with the pandemic and all that, would I qualify for some sort of benefit if I took the personal leave of absence? Yeah, yeah. No, th- those are all excellent questions, Travis, and I'm uh, I'm glad you called in. Um, this is exactly one of those situations that are a, a little more complicated maybe than most, but those situations where you should absolutely be getting uh, I- employment law legal advice because it's obviously a very delicate one and, and a lot is riding on what options and rights you have in a situation like this. So, uh, you know, I could tell you this, and I, and I think we might need to go in, into more detail uh, in a further conversation, but... Um, you know, number one, your employer has a duty to accommodate your situation. If you are caring for individuals at home that are elderly or that are, you know, have some sort of medical disability, uh, then they are going to need to work with you in order to accommodate those issues. And so, 
you know, work from home is one very common example uh, that people are using, although, of course, not everybody can work from home. And so that may not be an option in your situation, but, uh, you know, a, a potential solution for some. Uh, other arrangements can be made, but if it comes down to the fact that, you know, there is no possible way that you are both able to work and also make sure that your family remains safe in the sin, in the sense of, you know, having to isolate, especially if you have older uh, in-laws who might be more sensitive uh, to the virus, uh, uh, then you may very well be allowed to take a leave of absence and you would qualify for the CERB benefit, so the emergency uh, benefit that the company is putting into into play, um, in a situation where again you can't take a medical leave because your doctor wouldn't wouldn't support it. Uh, I'm actually not. Uh, I, I don't take any real issue with the company refusing the temporary layoff. You have to be very very careful in a situation like that, Travis. If they would have agreed to the layoff. Uh, and you would have taken it, uh, that would have become a term of your employment moving forward. Meaning, if you went back to work in a couple of months' time, and then even just a week later, or even a day later, they would have wanted to lay you off again, they would have had the absolute discretion and right to do so. It would have become a term of your employment where they can do it time and time again. That is the danger of a temporary layoff, and so I'm actually glad that, that that's not what happened uh, in your situation. Uh, if your employer refuses to accommodate you, if you are providing reasonable uh, solutions and reasonable alternatives to showing up to work day in and day out, uh, then that is potentially what we call a constructive dismissal. It's potentially a human rights uh, violation. And so what I would suggest, and I'm sure the matter is is a little more complicated than what I'm just making it out to be my, right now, I think you and I need to have a conversation off air to really go through what your options are here, go through your interactions with your employer with a fine-tooth comb, and figure out the right solution, because I'm sure there is one. It's just a question of, of figuring out what your best bet is and, and ultimately presenting that to the employer in a convincing way. Okay. Thanks, Travis. Appreciate the uh, appreciate the call. Here's the number to follow through uh, with Alex, of course, one 821 5900 Again, one 821 5900 The email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. You can also go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Lots of uh, stuff to be learned on there even before the phone call to Alex. We'll take a quick break here. Ryan, Steve, don't go anywhere, fellas. I see you there. We'll get to you, gents, and uh, still some time for your call as well. 613-521-TALK, Employment Law. News Talk 580 CFRA. Now back to the Employment Law Show with employment lawyer Alex Luchafero on News Talk 580 CFRA. The number to call is 613-521-TALK. If you have questions about your employment, especially if it's COVID-19, coronavirus related, that's the way it's been all week and last two weeks, actually, on all of our shows. So we're taking those uh, taking those questions for sure. Ryan, you're, uh, you've are you been waiting a little bit here. You're next up. Thank you for calling the show. How are you tonight? I'm good. How are you doing? Good. What's on your mind, pal? Hey, so I have a full-time job, um, and uh, we're, uh, we're still working. Uh, it's with the government, so... Um, I have no issues there. Uh, I am a contractor on the side, though. And um, as a contractor, that's half, if not more than half of my income. Because uh, of COVID-19, uh, there is no work right now. Nobody wants uh, anybody in their house, and nobody's getting anything done. So basically, my income has been slashed by more than half. Do I qualify for any benefit? 
Yeah, it's a good, uh, a very good uh, question there. And I, I think the answer, unfortunately, Ryan, has to be probably not. Uh, so I think one of the conditions uh, for qualifying for the uh, CERB, the, the emergency response uh, benefit, is that you must receive no income for a certain amount of time. So you have to be basically without any income whatsoever. Uh, I think it's for a period of two weeks, if I'm not mistaken, uh, directly because of the situation, because of the virus, uh, whether you're sick or, or quarantined or self-isolating, whatever the case may be. So if you're in a situation where you know, you're still earning a full-time income, with your your regular employment, but the contract kind of on the side, shall we say, uh, uh, contractor work uh, has been slashed, I don't think you'd qualify there, which obviously puts you in a tough, tough spot because, you know, like, like everyone, I'm sure you have bills to pay and, and, and whatnot, but uh, I don't think you'd be one of those that falls uh, under, uh, under the uh, qualifying provisions of, uh, of the benefits, unfortunately. All right. Well, thank you for the call. Thanks, Ryan. Appreciate your time. Uh, moving on here, 613-521-TALK. You still have time to call and ask your questions as well. Steve, we'll get to you. Thanks for uh, thanks for standing by. How are you tonight? Oh, good, Jim. Good, sir. What's uh, what's on your mind? Well, I was just wondering. You know, I drive transport. I deliver food to uh, all the big stores. I was wondering, you wouldn't think that uh, our bosses should be, uh, like, giving us masks and gloves and stuff to protect ourselves that are bringing this germ back to our family and wife and all this good stuff. Yeah, fair enough point, uh, Stephen. Appreciate the call. Uh, you know, maybe... Uh, maybe masks is is a step too far. I do certainly think that if you're talking about, you know, uh, uh, cl- uh, cleaning products and hand sanitizers and ensuring that, uh, you know, trucks are wiped down and cleaned after, uh, after use and, and workplaces are cleaned and social distancing is maintained, I think all of those things, to be honest, mm-hmm. need to be implemented uh, in the workplace. And if it isn't, uh, Steve, if you're worried about potentially getting sick in the workplace, if you're worried about there being a hazard uh, in the workplace, uh, then feel free to speak to your employer about that. That's step number one. You have to bring that to your attention. And so all of these concerns that you've just mentioned to me, don't be shy. Uh, don't don't feel as though you're going to be punished or, or they can hold it against you. They can't for raising those issues. So I think you should, should certainly bring those to your attention. You know, are are you able to you know ask for masks and insist on insist on masks being used? Otherwise, you know, you'll have the right to stay home. No, I think that's that's an exaggerated position. Uh, I don't think we're at the point yet where uh, uh, our healthcare professionals and advisors are recommending everyone wear masks. So I don't think that would be reasonable. But certainly, maintaining a clean work environment and practicing social distancing is going to be key. And again, don't be shy to put that to your employer and put them in the hot seat. Oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks, Steve. Uh, be safe and carry on. Thanks for uh, for doing what you do. For sure, you obviously play a big part if you're uh, if you're buying food around the stores. That is uh, that is no doubt. Six one three five two one talk is the number to call in. Ask your questions, Francine. Thank you for uh, for taking some time with us here tonight. How are you? Oh, not too bad, John. And hi, Alex. I'll make it quick because I was told to. Um, I'm going to apply when I can on the 6th for the CERB for my husband. Uh, being he's now out of work, it's been about two weeks. However, they still owe him a little bit of money. Uh, like he's kind of like, um, he's self-employed, but, uh, the general contractor he works for, they still owe him money. 
But I understand that you were saying that if there's any money showing, possibly he may not qualify right now or because he's like basically we're living for the next couple of weeks and that's it. We're done. Yeah, that's for him, right. So, for him anyway. Yeah, no, I understand that. And so, yes, and again, as I understand it, uh, and, and so I, I would encourage you to just go ahead and apply on, on the 6th, right? See, and I think that's the right call. And, and if, uh, if there's some sort of confusion over, you know, the amounts that your husband has earned, or if there are any questions there, then you could deal with them at the time. Yeah, because um, it's money that he earned prior to two exactly. weeks ago. You and, know? and I think that would be the argument, right? So if this is pay that you've received now, but it's for work that you've done in February or January, for mm. example, then you know that might be a workaround that we you can kind of get around that. But I Hopefully. am concerned that they will have some specific provisions around not having received just an, like employment insurance, not having received any income whatsoever uh, for for the past. And again, I believe it's two weeks. And so if you would have received income during that period of time, you may be required to report that, and that may make the the application process a little more difficult. I think what might be involved is a you know a, a phone call into Service Canada uh, or into you know the application office and explaining the situation to them. And again, yes, hopefully this they is can income that was owed to him from like a prior yeah. month, right. you know. But for the last two weeks, he hasn't worked. So that means by next month there will be nothing in our account for him. Exactly. Exactly. And so. and hopefully, I mean, listen, this is uh, you know this is a benefit that is meant to. Uh, you know, to move uh, money quickly, uh, and and that's what our governments have told us. They want to get money flowing into the hands of employees that have been affected by this situation, and, and they have to kind of put the money where the, where their mouth is, in the sense that you know, if if they are going to start nickel and diming every employee in a situation like this, depending on you know how much they received or for when, then that's going to create a backlog of of kind of pending applications, and it's going to create more and more hardship for those individual employees. Uh, uh, who are in desperate need of money, and so hopefully, uh, for for both of your sakes, Francine, uh, they can work around that, and and that is a reasonable explanation to them. I think you're going to have to go through the process, go through the application, and, and explain that situation to them. And again, hopefully, you're approved. Francine, appreciate the time uh, to follow up with us uh, and let us know what happens. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. If you need any more advice, you can always go to help at employmentlawyer.ca. Appreciate your time and stay safe out there. I think we got time to uh, to get to Drew. Drew, thank you for uh, for calling through. How are you? Hey, good yourself. Good, sir. What's going on? What's on your mind? Uh, my wife is taking a temporary leave as of Thursday. Uh, she works in the healthcare field. And um, with all these new changes that are coming into play, with uh, uh, are we worried about uh, her taking the time off and then um, having to go back to her employment when uh, all this is said and done with the coronavirus? Or uh, I'm sorry, Drew. I'm not sure I understand. I understand the question. Are 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 you simply just worried about your wife taking the leave and and what kind of repercussions that might? Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. that might have okay and 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 may i ask what kind of leave is this is it a medical leave for herself personally is it just it's, some sort of general leave of absence yeah it would be easy to care for our our, our kids who uh, currently aren't in school 
Yeah, yeah. No, and and lots of people are in that situation where you know there, there's no childcare available. Obviously, daycares are are not open. Uh, and for those you know individuals who don't have other family members that can help out, then then uh, parents are are having to take those kinds of leaves. Uh, I think the good news is that again you would qualify for this new emergency response benefit, Drew, or that is your your wife uh, would, and so that would mean some compensation uh, at the very least flowing for that period of time. Um, as far as any kind of repercussions going back to work, I mean, this is not a temporary leave of absence in in uh, in kind of the true sense of that uh, phrase. It, it is a leave of absence, um, or, or excuse me, it's not a temporary layoff. So I wouldn't be worried about any kind of longer term repercussions uh, unless the company is calling it a layoff. Uh, Drew, do you know if that's the case or is it really a leave of absence? No, is this something that she's doing on her own, not the company's okay. not asking at this point. They okay. do need her to work, unfortunately, but... Uh, okay, well, we listen, as, as long as you've got the the company's consent, and again, if it's for the purpose of caring for your children, then, then uh, th- that is completely uh, legitimate, and uh, it's not going to affect necessarily her employment rights or options moving forward. I, I, you know, we do caution employees from taking a temporary layoffs uh, because that will affect, that will become a term of your employment moving forward, and it's a potentially a very dangerous tool that an employer can use against an employee. This isn't one of those situations. Uh, Drew, so uh, you know, have your wife take the time that she needs. Again, with the employer's consent, uh, she can apply for CERB in the meantime. And you know, hopefully, uh, hopefully, this all boils over sooner rather than later, and we can all get back to work. Okay, thank you very much, Drew. Appreciate it. Stay safe, uh, Alex. Probably last call for tonight. Some final thoughts, maybe a touch on the week that was that you were going to present. Yeah. Yeah, listen, I just want to touch on two quick points, which is, you know, number one, and I just mentioned that temporary layoffs, extremely dangerous in a situation like, like this. All, all, almost all businesses are being considered essential. And so in a case like that, you are not necessarily allowed as an employer to temporarily lay off employees. So employees who are being temporarily laid off, you need employment law advice right away. Don't sit on the layoff and contact us two weeks later. It's not going to work. Uh, and pay cuts. Pay cuts are another big one that we're seeing. Uh, if the pay cut is very, very temporary and they, the company promises to pay you back to your full pay uh, retroactively, then it may be allowed. If they're cutting your pay permanently uh, uh, kind of for an indeterminate period of time right. and there's no promise of back pay, it's a huge problem. It's what we call a constructive dismissal. You may be able to reject the pay cut and walk away with the severance package and that'll likely be your best bet. Otherwise, uh, you know, you're in trouble moving forward with a huge pay cut like that. So two big items that we're seeing and, and that we want employees to look out for. And that'll do it for the night. Nice job. Appreciate all your phone calls, folks. We'll pick it up again uh, next week, and I'm sure we'll be talking about the same thing, COVID-19. In, in the meantime, you'll want to reach out, get a hold of Alex or uh, or Leo, no problem. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Phone call, 1-855-821-5900. And for the next little while, covidrights.ca as well. Appreciate your time. Thanks for, uh, thanks for hanging with us tonight. We'll catch you next time. Employment Law Show, News Talk 580 CFRA.